Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> how are you guys doing? I'm good. Good seeing you guys. It's, and I'm still getting used to the earlier time as well. 4.30 instead of 6 means I have to get early, earlier and <laughs> means my afternoon nap cut, is cut short. <laughs> Thank God for alarm clocks, you know, because <laughs> I might still be sleeping now. So, <laughs> yeah. oh. so we're in the Ephesians and we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 18 to 21. And if we get that far, we might just be on verse 18 <laughs> the whole time. And uh, anyway, so Ephesians five eighteen. First of all, thank you for your prayers and thank you for your kindness. And uh, God's got things in store for us. It may not look like it, it may not seem like it, but who would have known that this young Galilean from a little town called Nazareth that is like Gila Bend would have 12 guys um, follow him around for three years and that through those 12 guys they would change the world you can't judge a book by its cover right you can't tell <clears throat> you can judge from the outside but you don't know what's going on, on the inside the difference, of course, is the Lord. It's not our intellect. It's not our gifting. It's not our efforts. It's not our personality. It's not our, our, our achievements. It's the Lord. He's the one who makes the difference. The prophet Samuel came to a little town looking for the next king. And he didn't go to David immediately. He went to Jesse's family, and Jesse brought his kids, and he saw the first one. He said, surely this must be the one. And God said, nope. Nope, 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 nope. Jesse, is that all your kids? I got one more out in the field somewhere, a little redhead kid. They, actually, they said he was ruddy, is the way that Hebrew describes him, so he was kind of red. He says, man looks at the outward appearance, I look at the heart. See, that's the, that's the, that's the difference God makes in our lives, right? You know, it's, it's, it's the heart. It's the Spirit of God that makes the difference. Tim and Daphne, you guys have the Spirit of God in you. You have, you have an anointing on your life and, on your, and your, as a couple. You guys sound really great together as well. But there's an intangible that comes through. And I don't mean to embarrass you. I'm just kind of saying, saying that out of giving you a... a <laughs> now, this has nothing to do with what I'm talking about tonight, but it does in a sense that the Holy Spirit is the difference in our lives. He's the, he's the one who makes the difference. He's going to be the one who makes a difference in our church. It's not because of degrees 
or experience. It's really it's going to be the Holy Spirit. And we want to be a church that is led and filled by Him. We want to live our lives that way. So <clears throat> Paul addresses, sort of touches upon this in Ephesians. So let's get into it. Ephesians 5.18 says, <clears throat> And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled by the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even, uh, even uh, the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Now, let's just back up a little bit. Paul's been contrasting the life of the believer versus the life of the unbeliever, the life of those of us who are in Christ versus those who are not in Christ. Light and darkness, right? He says, you were this, now you're this. Okay, there's a contrasting. Um, he's carried this on since chapter 4, verse 17. He says, this I say and affirm together that you walk no longer as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Their minds are dark and, and, and everything else like that. But now, um, but now, you didn't learn Christ that way. Walk in this new understanding. Something happened when we got saved. There was a change. Something that we can't explain happened. And so he's been contrasting this this whole time. Light and darkness, old life, new life. Lay aside your old life, put on your new life. You used to be given to anger, now put on self-control, right? You used to be given to stealing, now work hard. There's this contrast of life. You used to have a really bad mouth, <laughs> but now you don't, except maybe occasionally when you stub your toe, maybe you're, God's still working on you, right? Because <laughs> let's be honest here. We're still under construction. Amen. God's still cleaning this up. Um, so he says, walk in love. And he says, so he's been doing this back and forth. So as we come into the section, into this particular, this area, he's been talking about light and darkness and the fruit of light. And the, the, he sort of does a, not a fast but he introduces this concept of drinking. So I've got to step back and say, what's going on here? Now, this verse, verse 18, is crucial to understanding the rest of the book. You see, I... To learn about drinking? No, no, no. The second part of the verse is, 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 is the part I'm looking at. He says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Right there. The main, this is actually, this verse has two commands, two imperatives, technically speaking. Do not, and don't do it again. Never do drinking until you're drunk. Like, don't get drunk. Because that leads to dissipation. The word dissipation is, is a word that means wasteful. It's used of the prodigal son who wasted his money and, his, and loose living and everything else. That's the idea. But instead, contrary, command number two, be filled with the Spirit. And from the filling of the Holy Spirit follows particular things. He has what are called participles in the Greek. They're ING words. Look at verse uh, 19. Speaking to another in Psalms, right? In spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord. Number, verse 20, giving thanks for all things. And the next one, verse 21, subjecting or yourself to one another. Those 
participles are called, depend on verse 18, be filled. Now catch this. Be filled, and as a result of being filled, these things will happen. You'll speak to one another with psalms and spiritual songs, and you'll sing and make melody with your heart to the Lord, right? And you'll give thanks. You'll be a thankful person. And then you'll subject yourself or submit yourself to another. It is from this, then Paul then goes into wives subject, you know, husbands love your wives, let wives subject your husband. But it all depends on what comes before. So it all flows. Children, obey your parents. Parents, don't be so harsh on your kids. Slaves, you know, in our context, would be employers, employee relationships. You know, hey, go to work, do what you're told. Employ- employers, hey, be nice to your, 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 you know, your employees. That all flows, it all flows from verse 18. You see that? So you can't just come and say, now listen, wife, you need to submit to me right now, right? You can't do that. Because that's kind of harsh, and that's kind of like, that's not really what Paul's saying. What I, my relationship with my wife, the way I treat her, has to flow from me being filled with the Spirit of God. Okay? This, this, is, why it's so, it's, this is why this verse is, is crucial and key. And this is why when Paul starts out, he says, do not be drunk with wine. My goal is to say, is to show you that that what God has so, has so much more. Don't get drunk with wine because that's what the pagans do. And in, in, the, in, the, in the, the, the place in the Ephesians in that day, they would have these drunken religious ceremonies to get really drunk and who knows what happened. And they would lead them to all kinds of weird experiences. He says, that's contrary to what you are. I got something way better. It's the filling of the Spirit of God. So, now, let's talk about it. How's that? Um, he says, don't get drunk with wine. The, the word there in the Greek is, it's the word uh, methusko. It, it comes from a word, methu, which means wine. And it was used in the original classical Greek. It, one way it was used to, is to be soaked. Drenched. Don't get Drenched with wine or don't get you know as we would say plastered it's it's wasteful it doesn't lead to anything good um, um, let, me, let me pause here real fast I, I did not want to do a, a, a sermon on drinking <laughs> I really don't <laughs> so, because it's uncomfortable, because it's kind of getting the, you know, you start, you know, it's, he says, don't get drunk. He doesn't say don't drink. Now, that's, that's, this is a, you can spend three weeks just on this part of the verse, and that is not my intent. So, you can thank the Lord that we're not going to look too intently at this. But, I do have to say is, what, okay, when people do get drunk, you say, why is that? Why do people get drunk? Well, they may get drunk because they're in pain, right? They, they want to deal with some pain in their life, some issue, something that's gone on. I need to start, and life is hard, right? Life can be hard, and, and, you, and especially for adults, it's, it's hard to, you need, you know, some help. Um, 
Maybe you're young and, and, and you know, people just do it because they think it's fun. Like, oh, I'll just go with my friends, you know, and, and do that. And the let loose, you know, and to, to be, maybe it's to get the boldness to ask somebody for a date. And so you have to medicate yourself, you know. There's different reasons that people uh, get drunk. Maybe it's to, to feel ha- happy and, and to be accepted. Um, and the Bible does talk about there are there's some benefits to drinking. You know, it's Psalm 104, 15 says, The wine makes a heart glad. And, uh, you know, Jesus did say, The Son of Man came eating and drinking. Um, but he doesn't promote drunkenness. Um, I have to be careful because I don't want to go. This is not really where I'm going to go. So if you allow me just to... Um, there are, there are extremes. There are people who will get really drunk and say, forget, forget life, forget everything. And there are people who won't even touch it. In fact, I don't even want to go down the street with, a, with that kind of store on it, right? I want to be so far away from it, right? And if I see you buy a bottle of NyQuil that has 15% alcohol or something like that, I'm going to stay away from you, you know? So there's those extremes, which everybody has their preference. Of course, you know, that's a bad... Paul says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And some people are like, well, I'm not touching the stuff. Ever, ever, ever. But by not touching the stuff, it doesn't make you filled with the Spirit of God. You could be somebody that avoids alcohol entirely and still not be filled with the Spirit of God. Because that's the goal, isn't it? Is to be filled with the Spirit of God. So you've got to be careful of, 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 you know, and everybody has their preference, and I understand that. Scripture talks a lot about wine, a lot, a lot of drinking. In fact, you know that there's going to be wine in the Messianic kingdom? Do you know in the Old Testament, one of the offerings, in fact, several of the offerings had wine included? In fact, Deuteronomy uh, 7 talks about one of the blessings of the land was oil and wine. Right? You say, well, that was... Uh, we're not going to get into all the alcoholic content. I don't know why I'm even going here, so... Can I just move on from, the, from this part here? Because I don't want to... It's not really where I want to go. Um, can I do that? <laughs> can, I, can I hide? <laughs> Here's... Okay. But let me tell you something. Because everybody has... Everybody's where they're at. Okay. Let me just say something. There are some benefits. There's some health benefits to certain things. Okay. But it's a very slippery slope. you have to be careful because you may not know or maybe you do know your propensities towards certain things you may be a person that knows if I try something I'm going all out and doing it and that can be dangerous so it's something that you it's like having a fire you handle it with care it can have a very constructive use but in the wrong place in the wrong hands it can burn things down. So some of us are like, I don't want to touch this stuff. So I'm not going to get into all, all the drinking part. I know I'm wasting my time right now. <laughs> we can edit this out because it's just... I don't judge people who drink because I realize drinking doesn't defile the heart. The heart is already 
filled with stuff, right? Um, I tend to side on a caution side because I realize that there can be a slippery slope and it can get dangerous. And you also are, a, you may set the wrong example for somebody. Somebody may be watching you and get the wrong message. So when you're with people, you've got to make sure, are you cool with this kind of thing? You want to be sensitive because there are people who, maybe they've come from that background or something they've adverse, been adversely affected by it. So you, might, you want to be sensitive people. Um, does that make sense? That's biblical as well. Um, you, you want to, that's, that's, that's being a, a, you know, that's being, that's being smart and, you know, um, I mean, there's, there's some significant detriments to, to drinking and, of course, depression is one of them. Loss of, of control, embarrassment, you say things you don't want to say, you just, you know, just, there's regret to, to getting drunk. And so, my caution would be, be careful on if you do drink, to know your limits and to be careful who, who, who you're with, because not everyone's on that same page. Um, and, uh, and uh, I'll, uh, and just one last thing, because then we can get into the part of the verse I really want to talk about is a whole lot of bad can come from drinking. That's why I, I personally, personally I don't, but I don't judge anybody who does. I, uh, trust, I don't look down on anyone. In fact, I can hang out with, I can hang out with anyone. And it doesn't faze me, because you know why? I see somebody going into that, and I'm looking at their heart. I want to see their heart. I want to know them as a person, you know. And, uh, but per- personally, it's, it's not me. And uh, anyway, can we move on from this part of the verse? <laughs> it's an uncomfortable thing. And I could spend three or four weeks just on, on and I don't want to, because that's not Paul's intent. Paul wants to focus on the filling of the Spirit, which is a better substitute. By the way, okay, um, it's a, better, it's a better thing to have instead. Let's just put it that way, okay? I want to get high on the Lord. How's that sound? I want to be, in, be blessed and filled with the Lord. Okay? All right. Yeah, you know, I wasn't, listen, I was not playing on, listen, I was not playing on, because, listen, you can, um, it's, a, it's a sensitive thing, you know, and people can, people have their convictions. And, uh, and so, but, uh, you know, I don't want to get into all the, all the other stuff. So, filling with the Spirit. Let's look at that. Oh, boy. Now, this is another verse we can spend three weeks in because, I, because we want to understand it. Okay, so here's my goal here. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit is my first question I want to ask. What does it mean to be sp- filled with the Spirit? And how does that happen? Okay. And what are the results? And we might not get to the results today, but what does it mean is, is, uh, is the thing we want to look at. Of course, <clears throat> there's the idea of being filled with the Spirit uh, has, of course, uh, a, a lot of history. Um, it's, it's, um, it goes back to the Old Testament when the Holy Spirit would come on people, come upon people to enable for certain things. Um, 
you have the spirit of wisdom coming on somebody to give them wisdom to build things for the temple. Um, you have, as, as uh, uh, the Lord talks to, uh, to Joshua, or talks to uh, Moses, to lay his hands on Joshua, to, uh, it says in Deuteronomy 34, Now Joshua, uh, the son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him, and then the Israelites listened to him. Okay, so there was this transfer from Moses to Joshua, the spirit of, of wisdom for him to be the next leader. You have uh, some prophets had the spirit of God coming upon them uh, to fill them with power. Isaiah 11, I'm just going to read some verses to you. Isaiah 11 says that the spirit of the Lord uh, will rest on him, the Messiah, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding and the spirit of counsel and strength and knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So this enablement by the Holy Spirit okay, is, is evident. Um, obviously, in the New Testament, you have the Spirit of God being present throughout Jesus' ministry. In fact, Jesus doesn't begin his ministry until he's, it says that the Spirit, he fast, he's going to fast for four days, but the Holy Spirit leads him into the temptation. In fact, the Holy Spirit, uh, I think it's Mark or Matthew, says that he throws him into the wilderness. The Spirit of God leads him that way, and that's where he fasts and he gets tempted for, you know, by, this, by Satan, you know. But the Spirit of God is doing that because he's preparing for the ministry. And, of course, at the baptism of Jesus, the Spirit of God comes upon him. Okay? Jesus begins his ministry in, in, the, in, the, in the synagogue, and, of course, in Luke chapter 4, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he is anointed to bring good news to the poor, right? And, and sight and lame people walk and everything else like that, you know. So this enabling power of the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist, his cousin, it says that the Spirit of the Lord, he'll be great in the, in the sight of the Lord. And, and, of course, now John the Baptist was in, was in Nazareth. He didn't drink any liquor or alcohol, but he was filled with the Spirit. In fact, it says that he was filled with the Spirit even from his mother's womb. I'll check that out. Elizabeth and Mary get together, and, of course... Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist, and Mary is coming in the door, and, Elizabeth, and John the Baptist, and the mother's, and jumps for joy, and says, the Spirit of God fills him. Later on in the book of Acts, now go to Acts chapter 2, because Paul is obviously thinking of this chapter. In Acts chapter 2, you have the Spirit of God being given to the church to fill and enable the church and sort of like the star of the church uh, is right here. And in Acts chapter 2, you have the scene where they're gathered at the day of Pentecost, which by the way, last Sunday was, I think it was last Sunday was the day of was Pentecost Sunday. In Acts chapter 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And there they came from heaven, there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues of fire, distributing themselves as they rested, and they rested on each one of them. In verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other, other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Now, time out right here. One of the things the Holy Spirit will do is he empowers or enables your speech. In fact, the results that we read in Ephesians 4, speaking to one another, singing to the Lord, giving thanks, are all What? Verbal, aren't they? He affects your speech. He affects how you talk to another. He enables the apostles to speak forth the, 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 the gospel. 
Okay. And of course, um, 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 Peter gets up and he's often a spokesman. <clears throat> but every time the Holy Spirit came on somebody, their, their speech was enabled to proclaim the gospel. And there's several places in the book of Acts where the phrase is used, and you can, you can look at it and, and study it and everything else like that. But the Holy Spirit is key. The filling of the Spirit is key. Now, let's go back to Ephesians because I'm going to develop some points here. The Holy Spirit in the book of Ephesians, of course, has several different roles. Has different roles. And, of course, Paul mentions the fact that we were sealed in the Spirit. He mentions the fact uh, that we are... Hold on, where's Ephesians here? He says that we were sealed with him in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. He's our pledge of our inheritance. Uh, he, uh, look, at verse, uh, look at chapter 1, verse 17. It says that God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that may, may he give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He's, he's that same spirit. He's the enablement of those things. Uh, we have access through one spirit in the Lord. And finally, he says that we are, we are being built together into unity, into one, into one body. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. The filling of the spirit of God which enables certain changes in character characteristics, which then leads to right relationships, unity within relationships. See, if you don't have unity within relationships, trace it back to whether or not the person is being filled with the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God will always lead to unity within relationships. And if it's not unity, you can say, why... There's, there's a leakage here. There's something that's not going on here. Okay? Make sense? You guys, are you guys awake? Okay. I'm not going to speak in tongues, okay? I promise. <laughs> it wouldn't do any good anyway because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to speak. <laughs> so go back to Ephesians uh, chapter 5. He says, be f- he says, but be filled. Don't get drunk with wine. Because that's, that's wasteful. That's dissipation. That's like the prodigal son. That, you don't want that. That's depressive. That doesn't elevate. That detracts. It doesn't add. Right? Turn me down just a tad, if you please. Uh, please. Um, it, it detracts. It, it doesn't add anything to the picture. But this, when somebody's filled with the Spirit of God, people know it, right? When somebody's filled with the Spirit of God, things happen and things positive happen. Right? You speak forth. Can you imagine if in our, in our congregation we would greet one another with such love and we would bless each other with a song or a hymn or some blessing, you know, that kind of thing. Where people come and say, oh, I can't wait to get to church because I get, ah, oh, I need that, you know. The encouragement that we need, that's what it's all about. And that comes forth from being filled with the Spirit of God. Now, what does, it mean, what does it mean to be filled, though? Let's look at verse 18 again. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, or, or be filled with the Spirit, which, of course, it's the Holy Spirit. A couple things. This is an imperative. It's a command. It's you all be filled. It's in the plural, you all, which means it's a community idea, which means it's within relationship. It's in the present tense, which means it's continually, you all continually be filled with the Spirit of God. And it's a command. 
<laughs> now, I like that command because I want to be filled with the Spirit of God because that's what, that's what we're designed for. It's the word plerao is the, the, the root. Um, um, it, it's, it's similar to the idea in Galatians 5.16 that if you're, if you're walking by the Spirit, if you're being led by the Spirit, it's the same idea. But it's this filling. Now, there's three ideas I want to share about this word, this the filling, and that's going to be probably the majority of the, of the, of the sermon tonight. This word, plerao, it's used in one way. It's used um, for... Uh, have you guys ever gone sailing before? Sailing? I just think of that old song, from, you know, sailing. Oh, man. Yes. Okay. It's used of the sail. Now, this is, not, this is not a sail. This is a towel. But just pretend to use your, your imagination that this is a sail. And what it is, is when the wind... Okay, you get the point, right? <laughs> Whatever. It, 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 it catches the wind of the sail. And what does the wind do? It moves it along. Be filled with the Spirit. Now the sailboat, uh, maybe sailboats, do they, have, do they have motors? Maybe sometimes they do, or they emergency or something like that. Okay, so they need motor. But the motor isn't the main mode of transportation. It's, it's the sails, right? So he says, be filled. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill your sail and allow him to what? Now, I have been on boats before where when you're in a motorboat, you have to give way to the sailboats. You know that. Like, because they can't maneuver as much as you can. So you have to give way to them. They have to right away. But when you're in a sailboat, I mean, you can steer the ship and everything, but you're basically dependent on catching the wind and letting the wind do its work. In fact, when the wind does its work... It's kind of cool. You don't have to do the work other than just, you know, steering a little bit and relaxing and enjoying the sunshine. That's one of the ideas. Um, it's, it's, it's in the passive voice. That's one more thing, technical thing to share about you. Be filled is in the passive voice, which means it's something that happens to you. But it is also in the sense that you're commanded to be passive. You're commanded to allow this to happen. Now, sometimes, some of us, we want to direct our sails, or we don't want to, we want to go like this and not have our sails open. Right? And the Lord says, hey, open up the sail. See, sometimes, you know, some, the hardest thing for us is, I'm talking to me, okay? You know, here's what Jesus says. He says, that those who are born of the Spirit of God, like the wind, you don't know where it's going, you don't know where it's It's the same way. The Holy Spirit's that way. And it's like, okay, Lord, lead me. Now, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Now, I would have stopped and said, I'm putting myself, now, Lord, where are we going? We're going the wrong way because you're leading, where? So in one sense, when we're being led or being challenged to we, we have to allow him to take, take us where he wants us to go. 
individually and corporately as well. That takes trust. But here's the deal. It will be a whole lot easier if we allow him to direct our path than us fighting it and going in the wrong direction and taking out our oars. And the wind's going that way, and we're going this way. It's, we're not going to get very far, and we're going to work really, really hard. Listen, we're going to work really, really hard and not get very far. We want to be individuals who say, okay, Lord, if that's where you're leading, that's where we'll go. I was going to use a kite illustration, but uh, I guess, you know, this is not a kite, but a sailboat is good enough. Here's the point. What fills you will lead you. What fills you will lead you. If self fills you, self will lead you. Um, I have... uh, Romans 8.14 written down in my margin for some reason. You know, things like that happen. He says, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. He says, If you're being led by the Spirit of God, you're a son of God. Okay. Allow the Holy Spirit. You know, Lord, redirect my, my sail, God. Help me to be led by you. What fills you leads you. Right? What fills you will lead you. So that's the first idea of being filled. The second idea. By the way, is this somebody's... Uh, somebody left these... They're, my, they're an illustration tonight. Okay, alright. I was looking for a pair of gloves and guess what I found? The second idea of or this word fulfilling, is an idea of being permeated by. Permeated by. Um, there's a couple ways we can go here. Um, I am really thirsty. I really am. So, in my bottle of water I have uh, I have some salt now if I add let's do this if I add this salt to my water what's going to taste like salt water you guys are smart (laughs) what fills you how do you open this thing up? You know, you can tell I don't go into the kitchen very often. To, is this a snap-on, or can you help me out, somebody? <laughs> is there a ministry of opening up? <laughs> it's fancy. It's Brazilian sea salt, so it's got to be. came all the way from Brazil. Because, you know, salt water in California is not so good, so we have to go to... <laughs> Thank you. My lovely assistant there. 
So, if I put, and you know this, if I put salt in here, which I'm doing right now, do what? I could get you a steak. Now, you know, you get the idea. If I put salt in the salt water, it's going to, t- it's going to be what? Salty. Because the salt, and I'm not going to drink it, thank the Lord, right? The salt affects the taste. When you're filled by the Spirit of God, it affects the flavor of you. It affects your tone. It affects affects the flavor of you. Oh, that person's really bitter. Oh, they're really sharp, or they're really, you know, hard to be around. Or, now this is a a flavored uh, drink thing, it gives you energy, and it tastes actually pretty good. Here's what happens. What fills you permeates you, and it affects affects the flavor. God says, be filled with, with the Spirit of God so that whoever comes across you gets a flavor of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Paul says <clears throat> in Romans 15, And concerning you, my brethren, I myself also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to admonish one another. He says, <clears throat> look at Ephesians 3.19. Ephesians 3.19 he says, he's praying um, in verse 14, I bow my knees before the Father uh, that he would grant you in verse 16 to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, verse 18, may be able to comprehend, verse 19, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled up with to all the fullness of God. He says, I pray that God would so fill you that you're filled up with God, that you're permeated through and through with God, so that whoever bumps into you, runs into you, does anything, interacts with you, they get a flavor of the taste of God. Or, consider my anointing oil vial here. There's an aroma. to When you're filled with the Spirit of God, there's an aroma about you. There's an aroma that's attractive to people. They said, hmm, that's... I like being around that person. There's something different about them. That's, God, said, God says, be filled with the Spirit of God. Because what fills you permeates you. In fact, my last illustration. Hey, I'm full of illustrations today. It's like this. It's like this. Think of permeation here. It's like a sponge. Now, right now, this is a dry sponge. Never has has not. It's. It, I don't think it's imitation sponge, but it's. It's a happy sponge because he's, 
He's smiling. But in order to get something out of the sponge, it has to do what? Has to what? It's got to soak. See, Paul says, be filled with the Spirit of God. Be soaked. So that you're permeated in what comes out. Is the fruit of the Spirit. It means to means to be what's that? Yeah, dry yeah, yeah. So be permeated. Okay? So far so good? What fills you leads you, what fills you permeates you. Here's a here's another key point. But what's inside of you will come out. What's inside of you, if you're permeated, will come out. So far, so good? Following? Okay. Be filled with the Spirit. Third point. Third idea. It's the idea, and this is the main idea, I think, in this text, is to be under the control of. Paul says, be not drunk with wine, because that is wasteful. Don't be drunk with wine so as to be controlled or influenced by it, but be filled with the Spirit so that you're influenced and controlled by the Spirit of God, being under the control of the Spirit. By itself, this glove has no power, right? It's kind of just limp. But when it's under the control or power of something else, it can handle things. Now, this is kind of a small glove, sorry. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of cool, right? It's to be under the control of. What fills you leads you. What fills you permeates you. And what fills you controls you. Ah, Okay, now. now. Some of us can be filled with certain things, me, myself included. I have a tendency of getting angry a little bit. <laughs> I get a little ruffled in my feathers. This word is used to describe emotions. John 16, John chapter 16. Thank you. Can I go there? John 16. Look what Jesus says in John 16 and verse, well, verse 6 is where I'm going. Um, verse 5, he says, But now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me where I'm going. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Okay? So they have a heart full of sorrow. What fills them now is controlling them because now you can tell their countenance is down. Right? P- 
Peter uses the same word when he says to Ananias, Ananias, uh, Ananias and Sapphira had claimed that they sold some land, or they did sell some land, but they said it was for this price, but they held back some money, and they lied to the Lord. And Peter catches them in the act and says, hey, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? The heart was filled with lies. The heart was, these guys were filled with sorrow. Um... So what fills you controls you. So, so what the Holy Spirit does, sometimes our hearts are filled with anger or unforgiveness and all this kind of thing, right? And it can control us. It can be, it can be, it, what fills you will control you. If your thoughts are dominated with certain things, it will affect your life. What do you fill your mind with? What are your thoughts filled with? Will control you. And it will come out. What fills you will lead you. What fills you permeate you. What fills you will control you. But either way, it will all come out. So Paul says, be filled by the Spirit of God. You know how you can tell when somebody's filled by the Spirit of God? Go back to Ephesians. When you're filled by the Spirit of God, Ephesians says what? Here's the result. You'll speak to one another in songs and hymns and spiritual... There's a joy, right? There's an overabundance of joy. You can't help but the joy of the Lord come out. There's a change in... In your heart, there's, you ever, have you ever been in love before? Come on, come on. When you first met your significant other, or if you've had a crush on, okay, you've had a crush. How many guys have a crush on somebody? Come on, don't keep your hand. Don't be shy. Okay, you had a crush on somebody, and what are you doing day and night? You're thinking about that person, and you're dreaming. And everything, right, I know Daphne was totally all over Tim about that, right? He's just, yeah. But it's like that. Being filled with the Spirit is like having a crush or in, falling in love with somebody. They're on your mind constantly. And, and thoughts about them fill your heart. And you just can't help but, to, you know, get giddy or you get excited or maybe nervous about the person. It's, you know what I'm saying? That's what it is. So Paul, Paul says, be filled with the Spirit of God. Out of that now, if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit in that way, I'm going to be really nice to be around, aren't I? You ever have the comment where somebody comes to work and they say, I think somebody's in love, right? Because they're just, you know, on cloud nine and they're, you know, happy, they're nice. To, hey, you know, what's going on in your life? Have you met somebody? Oh, my, you know, and he's really, really handsome and, you know... He can dance or he's, you know, all this stuff, right? It can't help but come out. And your thoughts are on that person. It's the same way. When you're, you're filled with the Spirit of God. It affects everything about you. What fills you, leads you, what fills you, 
What's the second one? Permeates you, and what fills you controls you. And what fills you will come out. But here's the thing, and this has tipped me at home. Paul says, he says, this is a command. Be filled by the Spirit. He doesn't tell the Spirit, fill them. He says, you be filled by the Spirit. Passive tense. So the Spirit of God is always wanting us to be filled. Let's just establish that, right? He doesn't say, no, Holy Spirit, he doesn't address it. He says to us, be filled. The Holy Spirit always wants us to be filled, continually, present tense. Be filled continually, day by day, moment by moment. So if the Spirit of God wants to fill us, okay, let's just be honest, I'm not always filled with the Spirit of God because other things than happy-go-lucky songs come out of my voice. It's kind of like this. I have my bottle of, of water. It's very tasty. It wants to bless, be a blessing. But what's it doing right now? It's just staying there. It's not being enjoyed. This is a picture of me, the cap. And oftentimes the problem is not the Holy Spirit, the problem is with me. And what do I have to do? I have to get out of the way. Sometimes the problem is that we're not filled with the Spirit of God is because we're in the way. We want our way to be done. We want our sails to be up in our direction, in our course. We want our thoughts, our desires to be done in such a way. <clears throat> and we don't soak in the presence of God or in the Word of God. We soak in our own thoughts. And God has a lot to use us, but sometimes we're in the way. And so being filled with the Spirit of God is a yielding. Lord, you are in control of my life. Lord, moment by moment, you are in control. Lord, lead me. Fill me with your presence. Let my thoughts be directed towards you. Now here's the key. Look at Colossians chapter 3, and we'll, we'll, close, uh, we'll close with this thought. Colossians chapter 3 has a, has a verse that's very similar to this. Colossians 3. I always remember Sharon taught me, go eat popcorn, right? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, <laughs> go eat popcorn, so... <laughs> <laughs> we ate, now we're going to pop thin corn. So <laughs> that's, that's a, you know. Colossians 3, Paul says in verse 16, he says, um, well, verse 15, then 16, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which uh, indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. With all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing another with what? Psalms and hymns and spiritual... Sounds very similar, doesn't it? 
psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to who? To God. It's the same idea. Your mind now is not just enraptured in that, 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 that girl or that boy you met, or man or woman that you're in love with or have a crush on. Now your thoughts are on the Word of God. They're permeating your mind. They're filling your mind so that there's something that's going on, so that you are enamored with, the, with God Himself. See, the desire here is for intimacy with the Lord. The desire really is, is for closeness with the, with the Lord Himself. And the Lord invites us and says, I'm willing, Right? It's as close as that God desires. And so as we fill our minds and our heart with, with the things of God, they permeate our soul and they affect our speech. They affect our walk. They affect our talk. They affect how we treat people. There's a change that happens. We become more and more in love, in love with Jesus and enamored with the Lord. We can't help but tell somebody. We go into work and we forget we're at work because we think we're at church sometimes. We talk to one another at church like, hey, brother, how you doing? God bless you. God bless. And that carries on so that when we get into work, we don't stop talking that way. We continue on that to become natural. Then we start talking to everyone as if they're a brother in the Lord because we're so used to talking like that and tr- having that. Does that make sense? That's being filled with the Spirit of God. Being filled by Him, being controlled by Him, being yielded to Him, being filled with Him, and such that the rest of our relationships are affected in a positive way. Well, I'm out of time, so, and, um, um, yeah, I'm out of time, and I, I was going to just stop there and not worry about the differences between songs and hymns and spiritual songs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's a joy that comes out. But that doesn't always happen that way, does it? And so that's the, that's the, the sort of, okay, Lord, would you fill me in such a way that that I come across in a tasteful way, in a way that's pleasant to be around, in a way that's a blessing to people. Um, as I yield myself to you, as I, as, I, as I get out of the way and allow you to work your life, your way through me, um, that's the life that God has for us. And that's, as I think about our church, that's sort of I envision is like being led and seeing how God leads us individually and as a group as well, and seeing what God does. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, your Holy Spirit that, that does indwell us, that is our, our, our comforter, that he's, he's our friend, he's, our, uh, he's the one that teaches us about you and about Jesus, and he empowers us to ministry, but he also fills us with, with the knowledge of Jesus and with, with his presence. And I pray tonight, to today, Lord, that you would allow us and help us to, to, to walk in the filling of your spirit, um, that you would fill our hearts to great, overflowing with gratefulness and with song and with, with, uh, with, with love for each other. And I pray for unity within our church and unity 
uh, within our relationships, uh, in our marriages, and uh, that, that husbands and, life, and wives would be filled and would yield, and that we would uh, be led by you, God, in the direction and, and way that you want to take us. In Jesus' name, amen.